This is an ABC podcast. Just over 24 hours, that's how much official negotiating time is left before the United Nations Climate Summit COP28 is scheduled to end. And the pivotal issue up for debate, an agreement to phase out or phase down the use of fossil fuels to ensure global temperatures don't increase by more than 1.5 degrees Celsius. Speaking in Dubai, the Australian Climate Change Minister Chris Bowen says the world is running out of time to act. We've had the hottest day, we've had the hottest month, we've had the hottest week. We've had a hottest month after the hottest month on repeat this year. And that underpins the need for more action. There are people wander around in federal parliament saying, we can wait till 2050, we can pause. As if the last 10 years weren't pause enough. No, we cannot. We can't wait domestically, we can't wait internationally. Nick O'Malley is the National Environment and Climate Editor for the Sydney Morning Herald and The Age. Nick, Chris Bowen addressed the COP28 summit uh, twice in two separate speeches. What did he have to say was Australia's position on a fossil fuel phase-out? Well, echoing the remarks you just played, he said that the uh, so-called the stocktake report, which they're looking at, shows that we're off track for 1.5. This was a big report prepared by the uh, United Nations. Uh, and that as a result, he endorsed the move to phase out fossil fuels. Um, the language was pretty strong. And he also remarked that Australia would do that not only because it believed in 1.5, but because um, he didn't want to see, or Australians did, not, Australians did not want to see their Pacific brothers and sisters inundated. So that was really strong language. But there was another word he chucked in there which caused concern to some people watching on. Uh, he, he referred to abated and unabated, and they became they've become very contentious words in in these talks. There are people who want to see a phase down or phase out of fossil fuels in their entirety, and there are other, others that are arguing unabated fossil fuels need to be phased out. That would allow room for so-called carbon capture and storage and other technologies to remove carbon from the air and bury it which some people believe is just code from allowing allowing some countries to keep burning fossil fuels. COP28 President Dr Sultan Al-Jaber has used, uh, well, a crisis meeting to break a deadlock between nations seeking to phase out fossil fuels and petrostates wanting to prolong its use. What are the main sticking points between these two groups? Well, just that. There are, there are a small group of, of states, including Saudi Arabia and Russia, who just oppose this language. They've, they've, they've called it a red line. Um, they're not saying that publicly, but that's what we're hearing is happening behind closed doors. And there's this growing supermajority of nations who are now using this language that you really didn't hear a few years ago. I mean, at, at Glasgow, we were talking about coal. Now we're talking about all fossil fuels. So it is a significant shift. And there are those countries which see that as really detrimental to their economic outlook. And they don't want it in there. And we know this is the case, not just because of what we're hearing from within uh, the negotiating teams, but there was also this leaked letter from OPEC. The OPEC states wrote to the ministers and the uh, representatives of their nation states, urging them not to back down and, and not to endorse a phase out or phase down of fossil fuels. Nick O'Malley is the National Environment and Climate Editor for the Sydney Morning Herald. We're talking about uh, the events in COP28 today as the negotiation period comes to an end. Chris Bowen is expected to speak on the updated language released by the COP presidency this afternoon. What uh, do you anticipate this will look like? I Look, (laughs) the short answer is I don't know. But from what I'm hearing, I think there are I think they're going to look for new forms of words. I wouldn't be surprised if 
phase out and phase down are just terms that don't that don't come don't turn up in in the new document. But I think there are efforts by by nations that do want to see action to find another form of words. So this is how cops always end up that would keep that concept alive. It was put to me, if not the language alive. Um, but so so we'll 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 hear what we got from the meetings last night in a, in a couple of hours. And then we're going to have this long push. Then there'll be a, a really long, uh, tough negotiating period between now and, as you said, 11 a.m. tomorrow. But few people believe it's going to end on time. Cops like this tend to bleed on sometimes over, over, over the subsequent evening. I mean, the science is fairly concrete. It seems like the words and the politics are fairly rubbery here. Will Australia be able to um, demand respect if it doesn't choose one of the two binaries of uh, um, phase down or, or, or phase out? I think that uh, the Australian team and, and Minister Bowen are of the view that it is more important to get a result than to get hung up on specific forms of words. And I think that is why he was happy to use the term abated in his address yesterday. And as I said, that did disappoint some observers. Uh, but he told us yesterday that he had he had worked closely with uh, Pacific ministers, for example, uh, explaining to them why he believed that was necessary. And I, I've been told that they understood that. Now, some of the Pacific activist groups don't agree. Um, but I think people, again, it depends on the form of words. If the form of words does result in language that somehow does apply pressure to rapidly <laughs> phase out or down fossil fuels but doesn't use those terms, I think people will live with it. I mean, given the memory of COP27's statement, which many called a failure, and the untenable position between nations for and against this phase out or phase down of fossil fuels, what's the risk of this statement being a flop this year? Uh, look, it's always a risk. Um, cops have failed in the past. Uh, you know, we had the moment, not just last year, there was a failure on that language. But the year before in Glasgow, when Alok Sharma, the uh, UK president of the COP, believed that he had uh, a result. And then at the last minute, India ambushed him. And, you know, there was that moment when he wept up there on the dais because he had to, in his view, I think, betray some of the more climate vulnerable nations to get a result at all. All of that is possible. I don't get a sense here, yes, anyway, of doom. Uh, people, are, the negotiating teams seem to believe that something will come of this. <laughs> but even 24 hours is a long time in these negotiations, let alone 36 or whatever it might end up being. Just lastly, Australia's uh, own domestic debate over nuclear energy spilled into COP28 opposition and climate change and energy spokesperson Ted O'Brien vowing that the coalition government would join a 22-country partnership pledging to triple nuclear energy capacity by 2050. Uh, it's a claim or a, a dream that uh, Chris Boehm has, has labelled a pipe dream. What else did he have to say? Oh, look, Ted O'Brien, he's signing up to this. This pledge is not nonsense. There are substantial countries that have signed up to that, including the United States. But he said that he wanted to see Australia embrace that. Um, he talked about new technologies such as small modular reactors, but also the potential for, you know, large, uh, more traditional nuclear reactors. The opposition, the pushback he's getting, not just from Bowen, but from a lot of observers here, 
even people who endorse nuclear energy elsewhere, like Simon Holmes Accord, is that the technology isn't ready. The small modular reactors don't yet exist commercially. As Holmes Accord put it, you could put a trillion dollars into them tomorrow and you wouldn't get one in 10 years. And the large ones take more than 10 years to build. Now, we have less than 10 years, as Bowen keeps on saying, we have less than 10 years to reduce our emissions to meet the Paris targets. So therefore, they argue, even, even those that welcome or embrace nuclear in some parts of the world, say that it just won't be useful for Australia. Obviously, Ted O'Brien, he's not of that view. He, he seems to think, he does think it's, it's a way forward, a potential way forward for Australia. Well, Nick, it's uh, great to have an update for, uh, from you as uh, you await uh, what language might come out of Australia's delegation, abated, unabated, phase down, phase out. Um, it could be anyone's guess. Nick O'Malley is the National Environment and Climate Editor for the Sydney Morning Herald and The Age. Good to talk to you. Okay, thanks. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.